Why, hello, and welcome to UTalk. I'm Ryan Funk. UTalk is a program dedicated to diversity, highlighting native-born and new Canadians' cultures and experiences. Graham will hear from Jennifer Chen and Ting Fang from the Women of Color Community Leadership Initiative. As a women's organization, the Women of Color Community Leadership Initiative is a community where women of color's unique experiences, leadership, and contributions are valued and celebrated to empower women and create positive change. They oppose racism, sexism, and gender-based violence. Their goals are to foster and promote equality, opportunity, leadership, access to services, and inclusion through unique grassroots programs designed by women of color and to encourage civic engagement. So Women of Color Community Leadership Initiative, initiative we call it weekly, short for WCCLI, uh, weekly. And it's a nonprofit women organizations initiated by women of color in Winnipeg. In Manitoba, there are many ethnocultural groups and grassroots community, community organizations that are doing amazing work out there, but there is something missing. So Jennifer and I and three other beautiful women, we are very active in the community, uh, in newcomer communities, because our own intersectional identities, being a newcomers and immigrants, and also being a young woman, a mother, a daughters, we could strongly sense that there's a gender discriminations and gender inequalities in the society, and even within our own ethnocultural groups. So uh, we can see that there's a gaps in addressing those issues, and we do have hard time to have our voices to be heard. And there's a lack of everywhere in representations for women of color. And that is why we initiate this working group and then later turn into weekly. And it's all run by volunteers. And our vision is to build a community where women of color's unique experience, leadership and contributions are values and celebrate and to empower women and create positive changes. And we oppose to racism, sexism and gender based violence and all forms of discrimination against women of color. Our vision is to build a community where women of color's unique experience, leadership and contributions are values and celebrate and to empower women and to create positive changes. We oppose racism, sexism, gender discrimination, gender based discriminations and violence and all forms of discriminations against women of colors. And our goals are to foster and promote gender equalities, opportunities, leadership, access to services, and inclusion through unique grassroots programs designed by women of colors and to encourage civil engagements. So that's our visions. What is the the feeling that of building this group and seeing people, you know, come on board. You mentioned it was completely volunteer based. Of course, um, five of us, we, we do have a, our full time job. And then we do this as our part of our side job, not side job, but we're passionate what we're doing. And we have to kind of utilize our time wisely um, after work to kind of like build a stronger community, build a stronger leadership and and also do role modeling for our women's too. Of course. Uh, so Jennifer, how about we go a little bit more detail into that? Uh, 
you know, uh-huh. what sort of work are you doing uh, as a group, you know, to ensure, you know, marginalized groups like uh, women of color have their voices, experiences, and contributions valued equally? What do we do? What can we do in order to, you know, achieve that dream? Yeah, there's a long way to go, but uh, more and more people are joining on this path, and it's one of the mission for our organization. Uh, I think, firstly, we need to keep raising awareness about gender inequality and underrepresentation. I think there are still many people who are unaware or don't quite understand why it is so difficult for women of color to have their voices heard. When we raise awareness, we need to listen to what women of color have to say. Women of color face multiple forms of racism on top of misogyny and gender discrimination. They face such as xenophobia, stigmatization, and microaggression. Uh, We've heard Dr. Theresa Tam, Chief Medical Officer of Canada, highly accomplished and respected people are also facing xenophobia and racist conspiracy theories when they are working hard to keep us safe. Um, As a school trustee myself, I also face xenophobic comments and racist conspiracy theory while working in the community just because I'm Chinese, a, a region. And we know racism is not just an individual behavior. We know systemic racism exists in our society. I experienced that in the system. Women of color's voices are not taken seriously in the system when we speak out about issues and people think women of color don't speak up. And when we do speak up, we have to fight hard to prove ourselves and get our voice heard. So we need to raise awareness, but not only to raise awareness, we need government and political leaders to take initiatives. We need to take action. For example, in the education system, we need to have history of racism and anti-racism discussions in the classroom with our students. In the community, we need people to come together. When we see an incident of racism happening, don't stay silent, call it out, and support anyone who wants to speak out. We, we don't talk en- enough about it in, in our schools. Like you, you hear about racism or like the... Yeah. Uh, people taking advantage of indigenous populations in history books, but they really don't talk about like the modern issues. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, racism is not in the curriculum, and uh, it's up to teachers to take initiative to have the discussions in the classroom right now. And um, you know, in other province, uh, for example, in Ontario, uh, the community has pushed. Uh, this issue into the curriculum. And I hope that one day here in Manitoba, it can also be included in the education curriculum. Um, And uh, about representation, representation matters. It really matters. And I think sometimes people also don't uh, quite know or are aware that when we say women of color's representation matters, why? why that is so important. It's because we experience lack of representation every day and that lack of voices that represent women of color's experiences, opinions and contributions. And so, and uh, uh, women of colors, women of color just not valued equally. 
Yeah, re- representation. As someone who's white, you never think about, you know, representation in media or in your, like, politics. Uh, my girlfriend, she's Filipino, and, you know, watching a movie and you see an Asian lead in there, she gets so excited, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. When you don't see someone like you, like, regularly, it's just, yeah, it's definitely something uh, for um, uh, us in the white community to, you know, th- to be aware of and especially like uh we've never experienced racism like and it's hard to you know understand what the emotional or mental toll of discrimination and racism has on an individual and i can tell you uh sometimes when i visit a school and um, i introduce myself and i introduce that i'm a first generation immigrant uh, came to Canada and, and become school trustee. And after the events, there are always uh, students of color, uh, um, young people, uh, young female students of color came to me and wanted to know more about my story and how I, my, my story uh, coming to Canada and uh, how I become school trustee. Um, so I, I, I think, especially for our next generation, our young people, they need to see people who look like them in the leadership role. And I think that gives them big encouragement on their path moving forward. When they don't see themselves reflected in a system or reflected in the society or reflected in the like a job career that they wanted to choose and they don't see people like the, who look like them they may think oh that job may not be uh for people of color and and that is totally wrong yeah get discouraged and you know we won't even see the the next great people uh because you know they were intimidated out of you know taking a risk or taking a job that they dreamed of mm-hmm. uh I know one of the things that uh, the group helped create was the uh, anti-Asian hate rally. Uh, maybe, Ting, if you'd like to uh, respond to this. Just, you know, the the importance of setting up this event and to bring the message of, you know, stopping Asian hate with the increase because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, in the in, during the COVID, we do see a lot of increase, uh, uh, increased numbers of uh, incidents that happens in our communities that people are facing um, racist comments. Um, they are calling us um, different names. And then we do have community members that come to us and see if we can do something about it. And and also because the uh, Atlantic shootings happens and then more and more people coming out and we decided this is time we need to come out and we need to come out as a collective voice and we shouldn't try this hard to have our voice to be heard. Um, hate's hate's wrong. Um, hating Asians is not not it's not going to stop the race uh, the the um the COVID and we're not the source and there's more than just coming out and say that and express ourselves, express ourselves and speak up. I, yeah, I, I can add, um, uh, Stop Asian Hate Rally we, uh, Weekly is one of the two organizations that initiated and organized, uh, which took place on March 27th in front of Canadian Museum for Human Rights. 
It was probably the first rally that was organized by Winnipeg's Chinese community on the current issue. And I think it was definitely the first rally that was organized by Chinese women. Uh, Ting, myself, and uh, Sun Miao from Metro Chinese uh, Family Center, and the majority of the volunteers for the rally are women of color. We also had a number of youth joined as volunteers. We organized this rally. One of the reasons was in response to the Atlanta shooting that killed six Asian women. We know the shooting was racially motivated and gender motivated. The suspect was saying he wanted to eliminate sexual temptation. So why is sexual temptation related to Asian women? It's because the stereotypes that are imposed on Asian women. People think Asian women are submissive, quiet, and invisible, and they're sexual objects. These stereotypes exist in everyday life. And Asian women are greatly affected by the by this type of stereotypes. There was also a survey conducted last year. The result showed that 60%, 60% of reported incidents of anti-Asian racism in Canada targeted women. So our organization felt it was a critical time to bring Stop Asian Hate message to the forefront and emphasize that we oppose racism, sexism, and gender-based violence. For those who are, I guess just following up on that, um, what are kind of the next steps now that we've had the rally, you started the talks, what are the next steps in this? Um, I can talk about this. Um, so our, for, the, um, for one of the mandate that we have uh, for organization is promote uh, gender equalities and also to address racism. And uh, for our future programmings, we will focus on hosting a series of, of educational workshop related to discriminations, anti-racism and gender-based violence. And we already have one session done uh, visiting the Chinese communities and we do have more coming up. Um, so just kind of like um, a throughout those educational workshops we hope to raise awareness and we encourage people to step up and speak out for themselves and also raise awareness among um, other cultural groups as well can you go into a little detail about uh, what was talked about at these workshops and how that first one was uh, received for the first one we just have the first one last week and then we have in total we have 35 participants and then we talk about the histories of uh, jet, um, why does this racism against Asian women, especially Chinese, are where are the, where are they coming from? And we talking about from the historic context, and and we also talk about different forms of discriminations, and we talk about uh, what the racism looks like, and um, just how do how do you address that in a daily practice? And and yeah, and then at the end, we have people sharing their thoughts. So kind of encourage people um, to talk about it in the safer environments, because we don't tend to have this opportunity amongst our own groups and have our own people to raise their concern and have their thought to be to be expressed. If someone is experiencing discrimination or racism against them, uh, what steps should they be taking? We we definitely want people to speak up about uh, when they when they experience racism or even when they witness uh, an incident of racism. 
Um, in Asian culture, uh, people tend to keep quiet when they face things like racism or discrimination. People tend to keep things with themselves. Uh, they don't want to make a fuss. And uh, there's also a historic model minority myths that uh, are imposed on Asian community. Uh, so we, so how to how to combat this and how to encourage people to speak to speak up and speak out um, for uh, for individuals. I think as friends, as as coworkers, as neighbors, we need to support people, anyone who wants to speak out. And um, um, for uh, people themselves who experience that uh, in the community, we're trying to provide us support and to raise awareness that it is not acceptable and you should not keep this just with yourselves. You should report it and uh, only speak up, speaking up can make a change, can force a change. And uh, I think um, on the bigger picture, we also want to see leaders, our leaders, community leaders or political leaders to publicly speak up against the racism. And that will also encourage people to speak up. So for someone who's moves to Canada, uh, what is the best way for a newcomer to get involved in their community and share their thoughts and opinions? and to kind of just build that support group. We talk about getting involved with community. A lot of people are talking about volunteering. Again, I'm, we are talking about volunteer, volunteering again. And this is a really great way for newcomers to get to know their communities while learning about Canadian cultural practicing and learning skills and also meeting new people. Um, that could be done in the formal or informal settings. And non-formal volunteer work could be like become a guest instructor for our programs or to be a member of a neighborhood patrol or street cleanup. And also, and for the formal one, you can challenge yourself. You can become a members, a board members of nonprofit organizations or volunteers in governance work, provide leadership or direction to the organizations. In Canadian society, feedback surveys contains valuable, valuable information to the organizations, organizations positions and also to the decision makers for their future plannings. If newcomers, um, they attend the programs or events at the end of it. And if you are asked to provide feedback, do it, whether you like it or not. Um, and also um, the social services agency and other levels of governments in Manitoba, they use survey to ask for public opinions. If you see once, participate in surveys. This is also a good way to express your thoughts and opinions. I know those are very many steps, but that's also a good step for newcomers to practice and um, express their thoughts in the public. And in weekly, we would love to see our women of color who participate in our programs could also join us and continue to grow with us and taking more initiative and leadership roles and eventually become one of the female leaders in their own communities or other different area. Um, so that's how I think personally, I think they can get involved and have their thoughts and opinion to be to be shared. 
so I know another thing that uh, the group is doing is a partnership with the uh, Norwest Community Health Center. Can you go into a little detail about the, that current project? So Norwest, they launched in February, I believe in February this year, they launched um, a vaccine rollout campaign, health campaign. And then uh, Jennifer and I approached to uh, Michelle at the Norwest and said that we will like to to um, help them to create multi-language posters and information and videos that we and those videos and posters are in different language and those posters and videos can be um, distributed to our uh, our friends and community leaders and then they can distribute it to um, their network uh, and they're also their community members in that way um, it gave it give the newcomers and also people that doesn't speak English that well, a lot of great information, and also those information are reliable sources too. And we also, um, well, we also in getting involved with a I got vaccine for campaign campaign for Norwest too. Um, what it does is uh, once you get a vaccine and you will you take a selfie using um, the call I got a vaccine for card. So you cannot promote, and then once you take a selfie or the photo, you can post on your social media and kind of promote, um, promote it um, through your friend network. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and that's awesome. And we do. Um, so we start with our um, newcomers, not newcomers, but Im- our immigrants. Um, our friends who who are frontline workers in the healthcare systems or education education systems, they are already have their vaccine done. So we start with those people, and and they will they are very happy to help us to um, kind of like taking the photos and having the photos shared to be shared among the communities. So that's generate a lot of a. Uh, um, a lot of discussions and people love it because on the card they can set why they're getting vaccine for. For example, on my on, I have my two shots of the vaccine already. On my poster, I have I got vaccine for my, for the people I love and other people I, who love me. So and also I have that in Chinese as well, so people can actually see it and. They know the importance of getting the vaccine is to not only protect us but also protect our our loved ones too. So we try to um, foster those positive image and instead of like talking about vaccine hesitancy. Yeah, getting people encouraged and want to get it so that they can protect their loved ones. That's right. Yeah. Um, I also saw that the organi- uh, organization recently supported a-, a national call to action to build back Canada's Chinatown. What is that initiative? We were very excited to support a national call to action with five other cities together across Canada to build back Canada's Chinatowns. So uh, in total, there were six cities, uh, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. The initiative is launched by Center for Research Action on Race Relations. It's a Montreal-based civil rights group. Since the onset of COVID, the Asian community across the country has been disproportionately impacted, and Chinatowns have been hit especially hard. Here in Winnipeg, Chinatown has been ignored for a long time and has deteriorated with no plans to restore it. We see more and more aging infrastructure, 
empty storefronts, few business opportunities, less and less pedestrians, and lack of community-based planning. And on top of all these is the social and economic impacts caused by COVID. So we need a, a national strategy. That's why we, our organization joined this call. And we're calling on the government of Canada to provide equitable economic aid for Chinatown small businesses, invest in job creation and training, invest in environmental renewal and infrastructure, especially affordable housing for families and seniors, and provide adequate funding to promote cultural activities, events, and services. You know, Chinatown, yeah, Chinatown remains important to the Chinese and the broader Southeast Asian community of Winnipeg, and it connects these communities with the broader community. As a women's organization, we know the value of vibrant, thriving communities. We know the needs of our seniors, especially women, in living in a community that has accessible, culturally appropriate, and welcoming businesses and services. Creating a vibrant community will also help with community safety here in Winnipeg, both for Chinatown's residents and the community who accesses many services within or around Chinatown. So investing in Chinatown is a winning strategy. And uh, this national action plan needs different levels of government to work together. And the Chinese community leaders across Canada will come together and advocate for that. Fantastic. Yeah, we want to continue to see, you know, the different cultural communities in Winnipeg thrive and across Canada. We, we were very excited to support this national call. And um, because we've, we've seen for a long time, we've seen Winnipeg's Chinatown is not uh, very, is not very active. And, uh, you know, in many people's memory, Chinatown should, should, is attracting because of its uh, um, diverse storefronts, um, uh, mixed use building, and the people, people can walk in on streets and connect with each other, uh, socially and, and physically. And, uh, um, it used to be a vibrant community. Um, but now we've seen less and less pedestrians and few business opportunities and, and the empty lot that left by the demolition of Shanghai restaurant seven years ago. And the, the, the empty lot is still there after seven years. So it is really sad for, for many people who uh, live and grow up here in Winnipeg. And uh, we think it's, a, it's an opportunity. Uh, and so we, we want to call on the government to include this into the government's uh, recovery, recovery, COVID recovery plan to, to have an inclusive COVID recovery plan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once, once things open up, we want to, we want to see, uh, you know, stores and local businesses prosper and grow because that helps, you know, benefit the community. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's an entire like tourist attraction there for people to come in. It's a, it's a part of Winnipeg that, you know, tourists can come in and that help can continue to help build our communities like that money coming in. Yes. It's a winning strategy. Investing in Chinatown is a winning strategy for the, for everyone, for the city and for everyone who live or outside of Chinatown. 
Mm-hmm. So what are the plans for the future of the Women of Color Community Leadership Initiative? Uh, I know Ting mentioned a little bit about your uh, educational uh, workshops, but what are some other things that uh, you're hoping to uh, achieve or accomplish or tackle? We weekly currently has partnership with more than 20 organizations in different communities, and we value collaboration very much. So we hope to expand uh, this our partnership with many, many more organizations and communities through organizing events together, sharing information and resources, and advocating on issues that affect our communities. And Ting, can you talk about the volunteers and committees? Oh, sure. Um, we are currently recruiting volunteers with various different skill sets and interests. Um, this is also one of our missions too, like provide leadership training opportunity for youth and adults, especially women of color. And you can definitely reach out to us. And we are also looking for committee members who will be joining our program committee, fundraising committee and publicity committee too. And just reminds that everybody that we are volunteer run organization, we do rely on a lot of volunteers um, to help us to build a stronger um, organization and stronger community as well. And you can definitely send us an email through weekly.mb at gmail.com, or you can follow up on, on the Facebook and Instagram, Women of Color Community Leadership Initiative MB. And you can send us a private message too as well through uh, Facebook and Instagram. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was Utah, and have yourself a good one. <laughs>